Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise Him. He alone is worthy to be praised. Welcome tonight to our Thursday night Bible study. And I'm glad to see each and every one of you here. I'm delighted. Are you delighted to be here? Amen. Amen. We can praise the Lord together. Amen. 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 Um, let me just uh, greet our guests. We have two guests today. Um, Jackie and Erin Cunningham. Good to have you. I'm glad you came to be with us tonight. And um, I would like you to come back when our pastor is here, so he can meet you as well. Amen? All right. Um, tonight is our Bible study. One more thing, one more commercial before we go. <laughs> our banquet. Absolutely, um, on this coming Sunday, the money is due. So we always have a good time, but... We need everyone that um, indicated that they're going to pay by this um, Sunday. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm going to invite you to stand, please, so we can um, pray and get on with our Bible study. Um, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you brought us here tonight, Lord Jesus, for so that we can fellowship, so that we can hear your word, and so that we can get stronger together in the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessing upon each and every one. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch us, O God. And whatever you have for us tonight, Lord, I pray that it will come forth in this word, O God. I pray, O God, that we came here to receive from you and to be doers of your word, Lord Jesus. Father, bless us tonight, Lord. Keep your hand upon us, O God. And Lord, when we hear your word, I pray that we will go forward and do what it says, Lord. Not just hear, but we will be doers, O God. Father, touch us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, um, our lesson, it will be the title of our lesson is In the Year That King Uzziah Died. And um, I got a lot out of it, so I hope that you'll be able to get a lot out of it as well. Because we came here expecting to hear from the Lord. Amen? And we came here with our um, ears ready to hear and ready to do whatever we hear tonight. Amen. So, I'll start off by just reading Isaiah 6, chapter 1. It says, 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Amen. So, King Uzziah was a good king. He was well loved. So the people mourned for him. You know when we have heads of state, you know, I haven't seen any recently with that united love but you know if you have a, a head of state that everybody just love him or her and they pass then everybody goes into mourning you know you get you you're sympathetic toward what happened so here um, everyone apparently loved Uzziah he was a good king they knew him because he was there for the past 52 years. He reigned. He started from he was age 16, and he reigned for 52 years. It was a great loss for the prophet Isaiah also because he knew him and he loved him. Everybody was sad, withdrawn over the, the death of their beloved um, leader. To make matters worse, in those days, they had fights with, um, with the different um, nations. And the Assyrians were preparing to war. All along, their king, he, he, he was someone who devised military plots, you know, to um, defend them and to attack their enemy and keep them at bay. So they, 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 they were confident in him that he could defend them. Now he's dead. So, you know, they, they have a lot of things on their mind. Would the next king be able to successfully defend them? Because, you know, when these other nations come over and um, attack, if they win, they will become slaves. They'll do whatever they want with them. So that's a big question. This was the situation the children of Israel were faced with at this time. They placed a lot of their trust and faith in the earthly king, even though the king of kings was already sitting on his throne. King of kings was on his throne, nevertheless, but somehow this earthly king, good king, they trusted him so much. The king's reign started at age 16 and, and ended 52 years later. And he was well-loved and respected. <coughs> he ruled over the southern kingdom of Judah. If you, um, if you are familiar with it, um, after King Solomon, King Solomon's son took over um, the reign. And it was then that the kingdom became divided. It wasn't 
any longer just Israel and everybody, all 12 tribes under one umbrella. No. Ten separated and they were part of the northern kingdom. And then the other two, which is Judah and Benjamin, they were from the southern kingdom. They stayed with Rehoboam. So um, Uzzah's reign is the second longest in all the kings of Judah. And um, he learned the ways of the Lord from uh, a prophet in his days called Zechariah. And he grew up fearing and obeying God. He did all that was right and pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And God blessed him continually. So he did what is right. He was under the teaching of Zechariah the prophet. And he did what was right and God blessed him. We see that so many times throughout the Bible where they do what is right, God bless them. When they start doing something different and it caused a reaction that they, they don't want. He sought God in the days of Zechariah. So I'm just going to read from Second Chronicles 26, 5 to 15. It tells you a little more. It tells you how, um, how Uzziah, you know, some of um, the things that he did that um, caused the people to love him so much. Verse 5 says, And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath and the wall of Zebna and the wall of Ashdod and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistine and against the Arabian that dwelt in Gerbal and another city. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah, Uzziah and his name spread abroad even to the entering in Egypt. So now his name wasn't just in Judah. It was all over the place. They knew of him. They feared him because the Lord was with him. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and dug many wells for he had much cattle both in the lower country and in the plain. Husbandman and in the plain. Husbandman also and vine dresser in the mountains and in Carmel for he loved husbandry. That he was a farmer. He, he loved to plant. So all of these things he was leading Israel in, I mean um, his people in this direction, getting all of this to, to work perfectly well. You know, he had his garden. He fortified the, the place that he lived so the enemy couldn't just run in and, and, and attack them. They were prepared at all times. So they loved him. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands 
according to the number of their accounts by the hand of Jael, the scribe, and Meshur, the ruler, under the hand of Haniah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chiefs of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and Abergins, I know what it is. It, it is a um, sleeveless coat of mail or scale armor. So they made that. that. That is in preparation to war. And bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones with them. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. So he did all of this. God was with him. And he organized all of this. His, um, Judah was a, a fighting machine. They were prepared. Nobody could just come and take over at the time. He was well loved. But it says he was helped till he was strong. So he did all of this until he got strong. So let's see what he did after he got strong. Uzziah was a planner, a military strategist, farmer, politician. He prepared Judah for everything with the help of God. What caused the death of King Uzziah? Before he was strong, King Uzziah sought the Lord and followed him according to the teachings of Zechariah. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. But what we notice, the king, like many people, had handled adversities better than success. When there was a problem, a lot of people handled that better than success. They know how to deal with it. They, they know where to go to get um, answers to deal with it. But when God elevates them to a point where they are successful, that is where the problem comes in. They don't know how to deal with it. God helped him to overcome all the challenges he had in life, and he was successful. When he became successful and strong, he wanted to do it by himself and did not need God to help anymore. That don't make sense, right? Because God helped you to reach there. You couldn't have done it on your own. So God helped him to be elevated to this position. But once he's there now, he just wants to do it on his own. Pride took over. He became proud. Prosperity always puts us in the way of pride. Once we start prosper, we, it is not us anymore. It is me. <laughs> me, myself. 
prosperity puts us in a position where our heart is lifted up. Second Chronicles 26.16 says, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. So all along he knew what to do. That's not your territory. Don't go inside there. But when he was lifted up now and he was strong, he had a different outlook on life. He was proud now. He, he wanted to do a lot more all by himself. And he wasn't listening to anybody this time because he was proud and he was elevated. Even though, let me read this scripture for you. Numbers 3.38. It tells you what happens, um, what the Lord says about, you know, just anyone burning incense, going inside the, the temple and doing it. It says, but those that encamp before the tabernacle towards the east, even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward, shall be Moses and Aaron and his sons, keeping the charge of the sanctuary for the charge of the children of Israel. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. He was considered a stranger here. He was not among one of these. Even though their beloved leader was a good king, he transgressed against God when he became strong. I looked up transgress. I like this one better. It says to violate a command or law. Sin. So this is telling you exactly what he did. He violated the, the, the command or the law and that was sin. And he knew it. When he was weak, he listened to the voice of the priest and took instructions from God through the priest. Let's put this in modern day now. We're in the church. And we just come inside the, the, the four walls here. We are weak. We are learning. And we learn and we learn and we obey. And God lifts us up. Now that we are lifted up and strong. We don't want to listen to the man that stands around the pulpit and teaches us day in, day out, you know, now that we are strong. We are too elevated. We, 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 we are too mighty at this point now. We don't want to listen to him, even though God has been using him from day one. When he became strong, he disregarded the priest and the word of God and went into the holy place, which was sacred. He had no business in there. So I'm thinking now that when he got strong, he had two, one out of two choices. The king had, um, he could have followed Jehoshaphat and served God and allow God to establish him. If we look back, um, Je Jehoshaphat was um, before him. The Bible says Jehoshaphat 
serve God. But this is the particular scripture that I, I want to point out to you. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of the church. Therefore, established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat present and he had riches and honor in abundance. His heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. So his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. So hear what happened when his heart was lifted in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves of Judah. The high places and groves were some places that they set up to worship idols. So his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord and it directed him. He, he, he was so zealous for God at this point. He was, you know, he was so on fire that he went and he got rid of that. This also. Also, in the third year of his reign, he sent to his princes, even to, can I skip out the names here? He, he sent to his princes and to, to get them to teach in the cities of Judah. So, because his, his heart was lifted up in the way of the Lord, he wanted his men to, to go into the city and teach the word of God. Just think about that, how powerful that would be if they went into the cities and teach about God. Everybody would be in sync. Nobody... Any anybody did any wrong, they would um, have a conscience and, and, and know that they did wrong and, you know, repent and apologize, you know. But it's only somebody that um, heart is lifted up in the ways of the Lord that would think about something like this. You don't just get up and think about it. God established Josephat. I'm thinking that when he established him, he um, put him in a, a place spiritually where his walk with the Lord could not be shaken. That, that's, that's, that's what happened when he establishes you. Um, when the testing of his faith only made him stronger. So when, when your faith gets tested, when you're established and your faith gets tested, it only makes you stronger because you are rooted and grounded in the Lord by this time. Amen? To place your, your to place you securely and permanently in a position of faith. So again, your faith is strong, it's grounded, it's rooted. This is what uh, King Uzziah did. He didn't follow the ways of Jehoshaphat. He followed the ways of someone else. He allowed his heart to be lifted up and his mind hardened in pride. So his heart didn't, wasn't lifted up towards God. His heart was lifted up, but his mind hardened in pride. Daniel 5.20 
But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. So this is something similar that happened to him. He chose to follow the way of Nebuchadnezzar rather than Jehoshaphat. King Uzziah chose the latter. His mind became hardened with pride. He was no longer satisfied being king of Judah. He wanted to be king and priest. Because if you, if you want to go inside and burn incense, that is specifically for the priest. You are the king. Now you want to take on the responsibility of a priest. So he, he, he wasn't satisfied now. Pride had failed him, so he wanted to be king and priest at the same time. The king suddenly felt spiritually qualified to burn incense instead of a priest. Pride made him feel spiritually qualified. Pride will make us feel all sorts of way. Pride. <laughs> Even though he was the king and very popular, he was still subject to the word of God. So nobody is ex exempt. God helped him to become great and powerful. But the Lord will not honor us when we lift ourselves up in pride against him and his commandments. That's the word. We can't do that. He's not going to honor us. He strengthened his, his cities. This is um, King Uzziah. He, he strengthened his cities. He invented fighting machines, raised up a powerful army, gained many victories, and took charge of many territories. He became very popular at home and even in his, um, among his enemies. But that doesn't qualify him to go up against God. That doesn't qualify him to be um, um, give him any spiritual qualification now to become the priest. He was the king. Now that the king was doing good, he did not need to take instructions from any, anyone anymore. So that's the position he finds himself in. The king went into the holy place where only the priest goes. He went to burn incense upon the altar. Only the priest. He felt he was at a level where he could burn his own incense and not give it to the priest who was authorized and consecrated to do so. This is not something new for him. He's a king. He was under, he was being trained by uh, Zachariah. And as long as he obeyed him and did what was right in God's eyes, he, he elevated him. So, he knew now that he was um, no longer on the right path, but pride kept him going. And that is what pride will do for us. If we, <laughs> pride, you know, we will not stop because for him to stop here, he would have to humble himself. And the priest in his eyes was beneath him. So he would not stop. He's just going to continue. Even the beloved king was not above the law of God. Whenever we allow pride to come into our lives, we oppose God. 
And the thing is, when we oppose God, we, we, we cannot win. So why would we oppose God? In the book of James 4, 6, it says, But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Whenever we humble ourselves before God, we position ourselves to receive from him. God wants us to be humble before him. Humble yourself under the, under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. If we lift up ourselves, <laughs> we're going to fall. Jeremiah 50, 31. Behold, I am against thee, O thou most proud, saith the Lord God of hosts. For thy day is come, the time that I will visit thee. And Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that is so true. You see some people exalting themselves. I read something that says, at that point, when you see somebody exalt themselves the most, that is the time, the vulnerable time, that they, <laughs> they are getting ready to fall. My mother had it a different way. She said, well, the more the monkey climbs, the more I'm exposed. <laughs> so when the king went into the temple to burn incense, the, the priest pushed back. They, 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 they confronted him. In Second Chronicles 26, 18, it says, And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. So here again, at some point, if he had humbled himself and taken the advice, then there would be a different outcome. But pride just kept like an engine, you know, just driving him forward. And he just felt like, who are they to stop me? I am the king. So he kept going. He knew what he could do as a king. He also knew what he was prohibited from doing. Only the Levitical priest should burn incense to God. And if anyone else attempted to do so, it would be punishable by death. But he knew that, but he tried again. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, from beside the incense altar. So, this is the pride that comes before destruction. He, if he had listened, if he had heeded to the priest, at least then, there would be a different outcome. But he didn't. He kept on moving, and 
God is not going to share his glory. God is not going to allow him to just violate um, his laws and go into his holy place like that. So he, he got what, what was coming. His mind was hardened in pride. He knew he was wrong, but because he was proud, he didn't yield. And therefore, God struck him with leprosy. He never recovered and was disconnected from his people and cut off from the house of the Lord and died. It doesn't say exactly when he died. Not right away, but he lived separately from them, but he eventually died. And he never regained, he never went back as king. His, his son took over. So, because of pride, he was separated from God, separated from his people, and died a slow, so, um, sure death. Because leprosy at the time, they couldn't, it couldn't be cured. So once you had leprosy, you had to stay aside, you know, no matter how long you lived. Unless there was a miracle and you were cured. In the midst of the chaos and death, God called Isaiah to the ministry. That's where we see in Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The, the people were accustomed to their, their king. Um, defending them and making things work. But he had exalted himself on, on the one true God and had to be removed permanently. So this man was considered to be a good man, good king. But his goodness to others, in, in doing that, he violated the laws of God and would not repent would not um, step back, kept moving forward. So God had to take care of him. God had to show them that he was the one that lifted him up. But even while he was lifting him up, he was always sitting on his throne, high and exalted. And there is no comparison. We should never think we are too good to be removed from any position, are too important to be replaced. Probably the king felt that way. You know, you, when you're doing a good job and you get compliments, after, you, you know, you know, you put your all in it. You, you, you put a lot of effort in it and you're diligent about what you're doing. And once you're complimented, you know, you, you, you feel good, but you keep doing it. He knew he was doing a good job. So he probably felt that he could not be replaced. He was invincible. <laughs> but he stepped across the line and he, he violated the laws of God. And that's the reason why his, his um, reign came to an abrupt end. As long as we stay connected to God and give him the glory, he will continue to lift us up. This man even got a chance to repent, but he didn't. 
So try it again. Finally. <laughs> the train of his robe filled the temple. I thought about that. It has a significance. Back in those days, the train of the king's robe symbolized authority and glory. Making a robe with a long train was expensive and time-consuming, and only the wealthy could afford to do so. So when you see these kings walking around with a, a long train behind them, you know, it costs money. It's a lot of time. It, it signifies something. The length of the robe was meant to impress. The longer the train, the more glory and authority they had. In Isaiah's um, vision, he saw the train of, of his robe. It filled the temple. It wasn't just a certain length. It filled the temple. Symbolically, the robe rep represents God's glory. And it was so long that it filled the temple. The train signifies absolute authority and there is no room for anyone else. His train filled the temple. Nobody else uh, has any authority here. His fill the temple. There's no room for anyone else. So when the king, um, when the people, you know, they, they love the king and they, they had their confidence and faith in the king. But the king of kings, he was always there. His train always filled the temple. They probably overlooked it for the earthly king. The Lord does not share his glory. Christ is all in all. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. He is the first and the last. The author and the finisher of everything. So he doesn't share his glory. He is the beginning and the ending. The Lord wanted Isaiah to see that even in this crisis... The tragic death of their beloved King Isaiah and this uncertainty about who will be the new ruler of Judah. The Lord wanted them to know that he is still sitting on the throne. And he has absolute authority and power and glory forever. Nothing has changed. It's just their focus needs to be changed. So our focus should always be on God. No matter how good our leader is, we should always be focused on God because his train filled the temple. He's always high and exalted. Absolute power, absolute authority. He's God and he changes not. Amen? The Lord is still sitting on the throne today. You know what we have now? We have COVID and what's the other one? Omicron. <laughs> we, we see all of those tornadoes, everything happening. 
God is still on the throne. And he still has absolute power. Amen? And his train still fills that temple. Amen. Amen. We are at the end. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Any questions? Thank you, Brother Kellerman. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand so we can pray in dismissal. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, once more we come to you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you are a merciful God, you are a loving God, and Lord, you have laid it out clearly in your word. Humble ourselves before you and you will lift us up lord i pray that we will observe what happened to king Uzziah, and lord we will not allow pride to take over our lives lord jesus lord i pray that we will heed your warning we will not overstep our authority O oh god lord jesus I pray that we will always look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, and we will stay connected to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that tonight your hand will be upon each and every one of us inside this sanctuary, O oh God. Bless us, O oh God. Keep your hand upon us, O oh God, and strengthen us. And I pray, O oh God, that as we leave here tonight, we will go to our respective places with the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will come back when the doors are open again, to continue to worship you and to praise you and to say thank you, O oh God, for keeping us, for just protecting us and being our strength and our tower. We say thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.